Hello world and welcome back to Real Talk with Rajan when nothing's off limits. You could have been anywhere in the world but you are here with me and I appreciate that. I am your host Rajan Lewis and here on Real Talk with Rajan, anything's debatable so for any given week we will be discussing anything from sports to music to politics. But as you guys know, one of the goals of Real Talk with Rajan is to shine a light on the great things that are happening right here in the low country. Um, too often we spend time focusing on the negative things that are happening. You know, I know there's a lot of stories about people getting murdered and, you know, uh, all kinds of crime and assaults, you know, assaults and gentrification and all these things. But today we get to have a good time with my good homeboy, actor, author, mailman, Mr. Dominique Henry. Thank you so much for joining me, sir. All right. So today we are meeting with Dominique Henry, who wrote this book, Invisible Me, The Invisible Me. But before we get to the book, we're going to come back to the book, definitely. I want you to just introduce yourself to the audience for those who don't know who you are. What's going on, audience? My name is E. Dominique Henry. Dom to some. Um, Dominique. Whatever you feel like calling me, I'll take it. Um, like you said, I'm an actor. I'm an author. Um, continuously growing to become so much more. But... Whatever is in me, I'm trying to get out and at the same time help people get the same thing out of them too. You know, I want to see everybody grow and everybody succeed. So Word. that's my purpose in life. Word. So, so, you, so you're an actor, right? So, yes. so before, let's, before we get to that, like, where are you from? Like, where are you originally from? Born and raised in Charleston, South Carolina. Born and raised in the Chuck. Boy, shout out to the Chuck. What up, y'all? Thank you, boy, to life. <laughs> Word. So what side, is, what side of town are you from? Uh, pretty much North Charleston. Word. Yeah. Word. Okay. So what middle school? Um, North Charleston. Well... At the time, it was normalcy two. Two. All right. So now it's military magnet. Yeah. All right. So where you go to high school? Of course, Naughty Bar. Naughty. Shout out to the Cougars. Pure, 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 pure. Class of '97. Already, already. Yeah. So, dude, you was there. That was my sophomore year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Wait. So you was there? You went to state? No. That we won state championship the year after. No, we actually won the state championship. I think it was ninety seven. Word. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That was CJ and all of them boys. Dusted. Dusted. Yeah. And right. Bubba, yeah, Corey. Corey. All right, yeah, okay, all yeah, all yeah, 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 yeah. You know the squad. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, what made you get into acting? Well, truthfully, um, I guess you could say I was bit with the bug ever since elementary school, which at the time was Remont Road Elementary. You know, we did the little school plays growing up, but at that time there was nothing or any information to pursue it further than that. It was just something fun to do, but I always had a love for it ever since we did it, mm -hmm. um, that I found that I had a love for it. But because there was no information to really keep going on it, you know, sports became the thing. So it was okay. football from the age of seven until I graduated high school. But fast forward years later, coming home, um, I, had, I had a friend of mine, he was in a local play, and he um, asked me if I was interested in doing it, and I was like, sure. And he suggested my name to the writer, the director, Rakaya Williams. Okay. Um, she turned around, and uh, she contacted me, but at the time, I wasn't able to do it. And then, you know, fast forward a little while later, I told her, keep me in mind that she done it. She did anything else, and she did. She told me when she had an audition coming up for a play called Temptations. Mm -hmm. So I went on an audition for it, and... Uh, Eventually got one of the lead roles in the play, and I guess you could say the rest is history. You know, I've been going ever since. It's been 2013, and just been continuously going and growing and pursuing and dreaming. And, you know. Wow. So how many projects have you done so far, like just, just when talking stage? Uh, 
Man, I, I say stage-wise, I've probably done about 10 or 11 plays. Okay. Um, different genres, different, you know, uh, places and different theaters. Mm-hmm. And it's been all growth and it's all been learning, you know, meeting different people. And, you know, you come to find out that Charleston has a big theater scene that some people yes, may not does. even know about. Yes, it does. You know, so. Yes, it does. And it's old. It's very old. It's crazy to think that, you know, you have a love for this thing and thinking there's no avenue for you to explore, but there really is an avenue to explore. Mm-hmm. And we're continuously growing with the film industry and the yeah. TV industry, too. You know, a lot of stuff are being filmed here that people don't even know about. Right, right. So, like, so speaking about film, like, how many, I know you have some film experience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how many, how many film projects have you done? Um, I've done a lot of, uh, what they call short films. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot. I've done, like, maybe two, two short films so far. And then I just recently did an independent film. I'm in North Carolina called Bruises. That's going to be going through the um, the film festival scene. Oh wow! Um, so you know, preferably it turns into something bigger. That's dope. You know, but so what? So what? Um, like were you in Vessi, the the Denmark Vessi joint? No, but I do know Robert that was in it. Robert Townsend. Shout out to Robert. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the homie. You know, I, I didn't get a chance to do that one. I would have loved to have done that. Yeah, but um, yeah. yeah, yeah, great film. I, I didn't get to see it, but I heard amazing things about it, and it's on my list. Like whenever I can find a place to to screen it and watch it, definitely. Um, definitely. But yeah, so I know, like you said, there's a lot of filming that's going on in the mm-hmm. Low Country. Um, the Bruiser Project. Tell tell us a little bit more about it. Um, Bruiser is a project that was created by um, some guys at um, Western Carolina University mm-hmm. up in. Um, I can't remember the part of North Carolina's right now, but it was Western Carolina University, wherever that's at. Um, they wrote it, directed it, some of them acted in it. Um, and like I said, they're big in the independent scene, uh, a lot of film festivals. And the role was just basically, to give you a basic synopsis of the film, the film is about, you would think about America, and you would think about America more for, um, you know, a lot of times, black people are portrayed as the problem. Mm-hmm. I, I put it to you like that. Mm-hmm. They're portrayed as the problem, and white people are portrayed as perfection. Okay. This film kind of reverses that. They oh. kind of push it in the light there where white people are like, they're the antagonists, they're the problems, they're the, they're the plague that's, mm-hmm. you know, um, taking over America. And okay. then, then you have this perfect black family that comes along and you know saying it's showing the black people in a more perfect and more beautiful light wow in the mix of all that stuff that's going on with white america and everything so mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like they're owed to um the plight of the black man in a wow sense. wow yeah. and this you said it's gonna be a, like a, a film festival kind of thing like is yeah, there a yeah, way yeah, that people yeah. will be able to watch that um at the moment you know, they youtube have, they haven't let us know if it's going to be released to the public in that form yet. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they do, I'll definitely let out. Let Word, out. please do. So we can, once once you do, we can post it on the page. Well, so we can have everybody, definitely. we can do a watch party. Everybody go out there and watch it, man. Um, back to the stage. Um, what, what has been your favorite, what has been your favorite, what's your favorite part of being on stage when it comes to theater? Basically, all of it, uh, theater, TV, film, to me, the beauty of becoming somebody else and somebody coming up to you and saying, I hate you. Or mm. somebody saying, yeah. um, I didn't even think you were this. I remember it was a time I did a role a couple of years ago where I had to play a Caribbean guy. So I had to do an accent. Mm-hmm. And I remember after doing the show, you know, you go read the audience or whatever. And 
I remember a lady walking up to me and I'm talking to her. She's like, you did a great job. And I speak to her. Mm-hmm. And she said, she's just standing there. She's looking at me shocked. And mm-hmm. I'm like, are you okay? And she mm-hmm. was like, I would have not even known that that accent wasn't real. Wow. And I'm wow. like, thank you. And she was like, yeah. She said, you couldn't have told me that you weren't actually Caribbean mm. the whole time you were doing that show. She said, you did a phenomenal job. She said, for you to turn around and actually be able to portray a character that has to be from someplace else and yeah. do it so well that yeah. nobody would even know that you're not from there. She said, that's great. For me, that's that's the best part about it because I don't want to go into a role and somebody says, oh, that's you. Yeah, I want you're just playing into, yourself. Yeah, I want yeah. to go into a role where somebody's, when they see me and afterwards they're saying, I want to hear somebody say, I hate you, but I play the bad guy. Yeah, I so that, so that, I was going to ask you, like, would you rather be the ultimate good guy, like the, the, the hero, the protagonist, or would you rather be the, the guy, like, like, I think about, like, the movie Color Purple uh-huh. and how people hated Mr. Yes. Like, you can't tell me that uh, was it? It's not Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Like you, you could not tell me that dude was not evil. Exactly. You can't what You can't tell a person that saw what's love got to do with it that Lawrence Fishburne is not Ike Turner. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? So that is that is that like the ultimate role for you? That's definitely what I look to do. I, I don't have a preference of particular genre: bad guy, good guy, romantic guy, whatever, love interest or whatever. I just want to do it all. I just want to be able to explore every avenue that I can explore. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, those are some great examples of people that, you know, when you look at them, because just even not even talking about the men, you're looking at somebody like Whoopi Goldberg, who's mm-hmm. a comedian. Yeah. And yeah. the role she played and yeah. everything to think that, you know, you took a comedian and said she would be perfect for this role. Yes. That yes. right there to me is a testament of the person's skill set, a testament of a person sacrificing who they are to become somebody else and to turn around and make people believe that she is just this weak, defenseless woman mm-hmm. that... You know, this man just basically took over, and then eventually she came into her own. Right, right. Because to know the Whoopi Goldberg on stage and everything, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, they don't match up. But yeah. that's exactly what you look to do. I don't, I don't ever want to take on a role and just say, okay, let's just go about it. You know? Right, right. I want to actually become and make that character believable. I want to bring the character to life. Right. So, So, I think that as somebody, you know, who's also, you know, done some theater, I haven't done nearly as much as you have, but as somebody who's done some theater, like, that's a part of the artistry that people really don't get, Mm -hmm. is how much it takes to develop a character and to make that character somebody that people, that that goes from this thing on this piece of paper Uh to a, a 4D Mm-hmm. Living, breathing human being. Indeed. So, so what's that process like for you when you're when you're in, when you're when you're bringing in a new character? What is that process for you? For me, it's um, I've learned a thing um, just in training with different people about the backstory, mm-hmm. um, and I've also learned that even in some characters, you do bring a, a part of yourself into it. So, for me, it's two parts. Is the first part is Developing a backstory for the character. Mm-hmm. Once I develop a backstory of the character that makes me feel like this character is living, then I find a part of the character that's relatable to me. Mm-hmm. And once I find a part of the character that's relatable to me, I try to merge the two of them and bring both of those to light and bring that character to life. And, and try to die to myself to, in a way that when people see it, they only see that character. Wow. Yeah. What's the hardest character you ever played? Um... Honestly, the hardest character that I've played so far was I played a, basically he was a field hand in of Mice and Men. Mm. And the reason that was the hardest was because 
when you think about the things that our people have went through, our ancestors and the things they had to endure, you're now being placed back into a, 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 a place of servitude. I mean, we're all servants, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. that type of servitude is, is, is degrading. Yeah, yeah. So now I have to find a way to not only bring this character to life in a way that it reflects that type of, you know, uh, basically being put down yeah, to, to, yeah. to that degree. Oppression. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, bringing some type of humility to the character to mm -hmm. where now people can actually relate to him and see that he's more than just what these people see him as. Yes. yes. So to me, that was the hardest, you know, and I guess I did a great job at it. Or I guess I did a decent job at it. You know, people loved it. The production, the directors and everybody, they loved it because I didn't tackle it as just in a way of, I wanted to, I wanted to actually bring some life to the character to where it was some color to him. Mm. And not just you know you know the old uh, you know yeah boss, some you know, yeah, yeah, yeah boss. you know I tried yeah. to bring a little humor yeah. to him you know what I'm saying and everything and that's just how I tackle it every night you know just bringing a little life and a little color to this character mm -hmm. and everything so people can actually not feel sorry for him but people can understand where he was and who he was as opposed to what he was in the sense of deserving mm. to these people mm. yeah. I love that I love that. And thanks for sharing that. You know, for those who don't know, the real talk of Rajan, I'm here with my good homeboy, E. Dominique Henry. He has an E in the front. I never know his form. I never ask. I feel like it's one of those things that if he tells me, he has to kill me, and I don't want to die. No. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so, so shout out to E. You know, shout out to Dominique. You know, but I want to get into this book. I want to get into The Invisible Me. You are more than what you see. First of all, before I ever like formally met you mm -hmm. I had seen this cover mm -hmm. and I remember just staring at it because of the the face mm -hmm. before we even get into what the book's about what what were you thinking when you got when you decided on that on that logo who designed the logo like where that come from um well definitely uh editing was done by Denise Beringer um She's a, she's a young lady that uh, another friend of mine, Evia Singleton, put me on to um, when she she hit me up in my inbox a couple of years ago. Um, I've actually been writing this book for years. It took me years to write this book. And like I said, Evie hit me up in the um, messenger and asked me, well, I'm thinking about writing a book. And I told her, you know, basically, yes, I did. And she put me on to Denise Beringer. Uh, for editing took me a while when i finally decided i got the mind and everything to finally write it mm -hmm. i contacted denise and went through the process of talking about editing and everything and denise put me on to amy Kochet, another beautiful woman never met either one of them in person but to sit down and to talk to both of them and to both of them to actually hear what i was trying to do hear mm -hmm. what i was trying to say and they actually can understand what i was trying to say it was a beautiful thing mm -hmm. Amy did the graphics for the cover. Um, I told Amy what my idea was. Originally, I had the idea of a guy standing looking in the mirror and there was no reflection. Mm. Um, and the, and, the, and the, the times of trying to find it and trying to create that, she couldn't really find that graphic and put that graphic together for me. But she came to me with several different options. 
the first couple of options, they were cool, but you know, I wanted this change and that change. And then all of a sudden, Amy came back and Amy hit me with this cover. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Amy, that's it. Yeah. There's yeah. no question about it. That's yeah. it. All I need you to do is put my name here, this, that, whatever. But that's it. Yeah. And well, it definitely hits, yo. Like, like I love it. Like, again, I'm gonna show you guys because I think it's such a fire. It's such a fire cover. Yeah. yeah like, it's such a fire cover. cover. A lot of people love the cover. So, so when you, so what is, what made you write this book? Um. What made me write it is, I felt there was a need. Not just in kids, but there's some adults, you know, just from, you know, like basically how we're having a conversation, mm -hmm. you know, you have a conversation with some people and you realize there's something missing. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, I believe my, one of my purposes in life is to help people realize that there's more inside of them mm -hmm. um, because it was a journey that I had to figure out for myself. Yeah. You know, I was so I grew up. um and just to piggyback off what you were saying about the first initial, the first initial was for Elisha, mm -hmm. which is my father's name. You know, I'm a junior. Mm -hmm. So, of course, being a junior, you grow up basically trying to live your life in your the father's shadow. Your, in, in, yeah. in your yeah. father. Yeah. You know, um, my father's not, he's not a big talker. He loves to laugh. If anybody knows him, he is big on um, jokes. Anything that can make him laugh, he's he's all for that. He's, he's a big ball of laughs. Mm -hmm. Um but he was a hard worker. He didn't he didn't say much to me. He very seldom threw dropped jewels on me, but it was his life living that gave me the example of manhood. And he taught me so much just in the things that he did. Mm. Um so for me that was always the bar of being a man. Mm -hmm. And I lived every day just to hear those words from him saying, Son, I'm proud of you. Yeah. So it's like everything that I did was trying to be a reflection of those words I, I'm proud of you but over time it became so much of a burden as well mm. because now because I'm trying to match up to the bar of him I'm not really pursuing who I am as a person I'm trying to be another version of him I'm a junior uh, I'm, I'm his legacy I'm all of that mm -hmm. but at the same token I have to be who I am be who you and, are. and I know that even though I bear a lot of resemblance to who he is as a man I have my own path. Yeah. So once I got to the point where I started wanting to fight that journey and go on that path and everything, we started butting heads. Mm -hmm. And man, that's when I saw a side of my father that I didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't a bad thing. It was it was basically a push to, to push me forward. Yeah. So it led me on a lot of ups and downs, a lot of goods and bads, a lot of lessons mm -hmm. on my own because I basically told him to take his hand off of me. I told him, you know, you got to let me figure this out for myself. And he did. He basically did. He let me he let me figure it out for myself. So the book came about when, you know, we sit out on Facebook, you know what I'm saying? Not trying to say that we know everything right. or, or we gurus or nothing like that. But if there's, if there's something in us that we need to say, we say it, yeah. you know? And mm -hmm. a lot of people sometimes they navigate to it and they they feel like, oh, I needed to hear that, you know, mm -hmm. and just through the years of doing that, people, oh, I need to hear that. Next thing you know, people are hitting you up saying, you know, um, you need to write a book. Mm -hmm. Are you thinking about putting these in a book, you know, and everything? And I'm the type of person that I don't believe in taking and recycling something that I've done before to try to do something now. Mm -hmm. I'm always about a fresh and new thing. Yeah. And I always said if I was to do it, it would have to be something new. So 
I started thinking and I started pondering about what I could actually write about that I feel that people needed to hear. Because like I said, talking to people, you know, you feel like you, there's something missing in some people sometimes because a lot of times we live in a society where people are trying to conform to everything else. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're allowing who they really are to be overshadowed by everything mm. else. Okay. So I was like, I know that. I know that feeling. I, I've, I've been there before and yeah. everything. So maybe I can try to help somebody realize that they're bigger than all of that. They're bigger than all of this. That even if they don't fit into this big hole mm -hmm. of society, popularity, or everything, if they don't fit into that, they still have a mark. They still have a place where they do fit yeah. that they have to actually pursue and actually fit into so that they can turn around and help so many more people. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, that that's what started the journey of writing the book. All right. So when somebody gets the book, when they get The Invisible Me, mm -hmm. what can they expect to get out of it? You can expect to get um, just basic experiences, just basic knowledge um, of things that would make you look at yourself. Mm. The book is basically about self-reflection. Okay. Um, it's eight chapters, um, and each chapter is dealing from the first moment that you realize I'm not living up to my full potential. So now you have to look at yourself and realize where I'm at now mm -hmm. and where I'm trying to go to. And each chapter takes you on a journey that eventually will lead you to the place where now you're ready to say, let's go. Yeah. Let, let's, let's do me. You know, mm -hmm. Let's let go all of the bondage of I'm trying to impress my mama. I'm trying to make my daddy proud. I'm trying to impress this woman to, so she can like me. I'm, try, I'm tired of impressing this whole group of people so mm -hmm. I can be accepted in this so I can go to these parties or whatever. All of that is just, to me, now, knowing who I am, all of that is basically a distraction from truly being who you really are. Wow. Because you're trying to, you're trying to fit into something. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, have you ever sat down sometimes and think, like, man, I would love to go to this place or whatever. I'd love to be with this person or whatever. And then you actually get the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. And then when you do those things, now you're sitting there looking at it like, this is what it was about. Right, right. So that's that's something that I looked at. You know, I spent so many years, you know what I'm saying, in a sense, feeling like an outcast mm -hmm. because I don't fit into the norm of so many people. I'm not, I love God, I believe in God, but I'm not an avid church goer, mm -hmm. but I have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. So for somebody that's that's in church every Sunday, every Wednesday or whatever, stuff, and they're looking at me, you know what I'm saying, and they're trying to tell me, oh, you have to be in church. And my main question to you is why? Mm. If you can tell me why I have to sit in church every Sunday or every Bible study or whatever, if you can really tell me where it says biblically anything in there that says I have to do this stuff, then we can have a conversation and then you know I can work from that. I'm not taking anything away from you, mm -hmm. now, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because you work it how you work it, I work it how I work it. But just don't come and tell me this is what I'm supposed to do. It's just like my mom, she raised us in the church. And my mom and dad, they raised us in the church. They made us go to church every Sunday and everything, you know, whatever little stuff we do. And um, they always told us, when you got to, when you get to a certain age, you can decide whether or not right. you Right, decide for yourself, yeah. yeah. Once I got to that age, I'm like, I see y'all when y'all get to yeah. I'm going to stay <laughs> okay. home and I'm going to watch Kung Fu Theater. Mm -hmm. But I still went to church, you know. I still yeah. knew God and everything. But I knew who he was, but I didn't know him. Mm. So it got to the point when I got older, I developed a relationship with him yeah. and I began to know him for myself and mm -hmm. not just as this is God, this is God, this is God. I, I know him for myself. Mm -hmm. you know? So that's the same thing I look at with people when I say the invisible me. You know who you are, but a lot of people don't know who they are. Mm. They're walking around with like a, a, a 
basically basically a shell of who they truly could be because yeah. they're so they're so afraid to turn around and not be invited to the parties. Yeah. They're so afraid to turn around and not hear people constantly calling their name or things like that. Right, right. Instead of actually realizing there's more power, there's more I wouldn't even say prestige. There's more purpose in actually being your true self. Yeah. It's a hard road. Yeah. You know, and it can be a lonely road sometimes, but you're at peace. And the payoff. I mean, yeah. the, the payoff is, is definitely worth it. I yeah. love that, man. Yeah. I love that. So if somebody's reading, somebody's out here looking for a book, you know, you, you're doing some soul searching, you're trying to find who you are, you know, find that person on the inside that may be hidden behind the mask. Yeah. You know, we we live in a, a, a era of social media exactly. where people put out their best face. You know, mm-hmm. um, I believe that um, um, Jonathan Reynolds says, you know, we stand around looking at pictures. But we don't know how long it took to make that picture good. Exactly. So like it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of self reflection. So I'm, I'm excited about it. I got my copy. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about cracking this open and getting the opportunity to read it, man. Because knowing you, I know it's going to be some deep stuff in here, some stuff that's going to really make me reevaluate a certain a few things in my life as well. Because self-reflection is important. Yes. Um, we can never get to a place where we think we know everything that we need exactly. to know. Exactly. I and mean, we have nothing that we can learn. So I thank you so much for the opportunity to enjoy your work. Because it definitely it. is work. It's not something that people should take lightly or for granted. Appreciate now, if they want to get a copy of The Invisible Me, what do they do? You can go to Amazon.com, type in The Invisible Me. Um, you can order it there. It's, it's, you can order the um, paperback, or you can also download it on Kindle. Or if you want to get a signed copy from me, you can always hit me up on Messenger if you don't have my number. Um, and I'll happily get it with you. You can always PayPal me at LuxuryTax18. And uh, the books are $15. You can always order it. Let me know where you want to meet, when you want to meet. I'll sign it and bring it to you. Have no problem. And anybody that already has it, I'd love to hear what you think about it. Uh, also, if I haven't had a chance to sign it and you're local, I would love to meet up with you and sign it for you and everything. You know. Word, you got any book signs or anything coming up? Um, I was talking with some people about possibly doing it. I, I, the book has been out almost a year. Wow. Okay. Um, so... I'm thinking about working on some things to, you know, relaunch it and do some things with it. Awesome. Awesome. So if they want to find you on social media, how can they find you? Uh, E. Dominique, E. Dominique Henry on uh, Facebook, uh, E. Dominique Henry on Instagram, uh, Twitter, the same thing. It's basically E. Dominique on anything. E. Dominique 17 on Twitter. It is? Yeah. Well, thank you for letting me. I I know because you (laughs) liked one of my posts today. And I saw it, and I was like, oh, he's E. Dominic 17. Or, or oh, yeah, because I think E. Dominic Henry was taken. Ah, yes. So, yeah, yes. So, yeah E. Dominic 17 on Twitter. Thank you, John. I got your back, man. So, That's yeah, what I'm here for. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. Um, as we close, anything you want to say as we close out? Um, only thing I would say is live a life of freedom. Don't live a life of burden trying to hold on to something that's not genuine. Mm. The more you hold on to ingenuine relationships, ingenuine personalities or traits, the more you're killing yourself softly. Like Lauren Hill said, you're killing yourself softly. Just be free. Mm-hmm. Just be free to be who you are. And and understand that you may not be everybody's taste, but you will taste good to the people that are supposed to taste you. Mm. Simple as that. You know, you have a place in this world and that place is there for a reason. There are people that are attached to that place that you are intended to help, that you are intended to inspire. And that's all I would love to see people do. Live in a world where you're free to be who you truly are mm. and not trapped in perceptions and, and pretensions of what society would say that you would want to be in this world and everything. You're greater than that. 
you're greater than that. Take what take what this world gives you and make so much more out of it. You know, we have so many opportunities in this lifetime now, but none of them matter if you don't take the chance to actually pursue them. Right. And it starts with yourself. Look into who you really are and just be happy with who you are. And trust me, there are people out there that are looking at you, not who you pretend to be or not who people think you are. Mm -hmm. They're looking at you. So give them the real you and just be free. I love that. Be free. Dominique Henry, E. Dominique Henry, the invisible me. You are more than what you see. Make sure you get the book, like he said, all the places he told you get it, Amazon, Kindle, call him. No, don't call him. Don't call him on Facebook. Don't call people on Facebook Messenger. If you don't know them, that's annoying. Don't do that. I never pick those up. <laughs> but seriously, get the book, man. You heard him. Um, if you heard his words, you heard his heart in his words. You know, freedom is important. Let's just let's break the chains of, of, of perception, of people's perception. And I love that. And I look forward, like I said, to, to reading the book and finding out more. Um, Y'all know who I am. This is Real Talk with Rajan. Thank you guys for watching. Those of you, know, if you had a chance, if, if you watched the show and you've enjoyed it, if you want to find out more about um, Dominique, please look him up. He gave you this information. Y'all know how to find me on Facebook. I am at Real Talk Rajan. On Instagram, I am at Real Talk Rajan. At, uh, on Twitter, I am at Real Talk Rajan. On uh, Spotify, I'm on there. I'm on Apple Play. I'm on Google Play. I'm wherever you want me to be. I, prod I broadcast to literally like 19 different formats. Jesus. So if you are watching this and you want to find out more about Real Talk Rajan, you know Wednesday nights is the local celebrity spotlight. Actually, next week on Tuesday night will be my next guest who's going to be Zandrina Dunning. Young lady, great singer, actress. Um, she's now producing projects, major projects, which I'm very, very proud. I've known her forever now, it feels like. She's going to be on next Tuesday. I'm really excited. So make sure you tune in to find out about her. And Sunday nights, Real Talk Live will be back. I got a few topics that I'm looking at talking about. So if you have something that you want me to talk about on Sunday, please send that in to me. And if you are a local celebrity who needs the spotlight shine on you, then you know how to get me. Go, uh, email me at realtalkwithrajan at gmail.com realtalkrajan at gmail.com go to my website just google me I'm pretty easy to find that's all I got and always remember at the end of the day if a man doesn't stand for something he's bound to fall for anything thank you bro I thank you and that's real talk I'll see y'all next week peace